Hello, and welcome to the Flix Forum Podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original in the order of release. We have Netflix 198th film from 2019. It's the Christmas romantic comedy, A Christmas Prince, The Royal Baby. It's directed by John Schultz, stars Rose McIver, Ben Lamb, and Sarah Douglas. I'm Jesse, and as always, with MJ. How you doing? I'm well. I'm well. We get to... Uh close off a trilogy i i I guess it's gonna stay stay as a trilogy maybe there's gonna be another one i don't know but look for now this is the uh the end of the the christmas prince trilogy the the famous netflix christmas prince trilogy i was very excited about this because uh i thoroughly enjoyed the first one and the second one sort of uh dropped a little bit so i'm excited to talk about the third and final and uh see where we go from there (laughs) To see how they bounce back. Is that what, you, is that what you're hoping for? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Well, I can't tell you too much too early because I don't want to ruin anything, but we'll spoil <laughs> this one. So if you haven't seen it, um, yeah, give us pause, come back. But uh, we do start off with our fast flicks, which is a quick little summary of what the film's all about. So what's this one about for you? Well, yeah, the, the Christmas Prince trilogy comes to an end on the eve of yet another festive season when... King Richard and Queen Amber are awaiting the impending birth of their first child. There's a little bit more there, but that's kind of like when they sat down and wrote the, the nuts and bolts of this movie, I think that was it. And then they realized they had to add a bit more in it, but I think that they just wanted to make a movie about them having a kid. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that a bit. Later. <laughs> I think that's it. for me, uh, this is a, a peace treaty needs to be signed, but it's stolen. And without the signatures, it might lead to war and a baby isn't yet ready to come. It might be cursed if the treaty isn't signed. It will be cursed. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, we will spoil this, like we said. So <laughs> what, could, what could you discover about this film coming to Netflix? Look, uh, we, we do see this a lot with these cookie-cutter Christmas films that there's not a lot of information on them because no one's really tooting their horn about them getting made and getting excited about the production and there's not really very many exciting stories about it. So I don't have too much, but... The filming for this did take place between March and June of 2019. So when you think of the fact that that's probably only three months after or three or four months after the the previous one aired, they ticked off and said, let's go for it. They don't mess around. So I give them respect for that. Uh, they filmed it again in Romania. I love that they go on location to Europe to film these films. Beautiful sceneries, I must say. Um Considering, I reckon the budget's about forty-five dollars, they they probably spent it a lot on on traveling the cast and things like that. But so yeah, finished finished filming in June, so that's obviously when post production started, and then it was released on the fifth of December, twenty nineteen. Obviously, Netflix worldwide as a Netflix original film, a little bit later than the the previous two films that were released in November. No doubt, just trying to build that anticipation for all the fans waiting a little bit longer for it to come out. And the only other thing that I want to mention, Jesse, I do always look at IMDb in the trivia section. There's very rarely good things that come out of that. But there was one thing that I have to call out because it's in the it's in the section where it says there's going to be spoilers here. And it, and it says, Rose McIver and Ben Lamb would later reunite again in the Princess <laughs> Switch switched again as characters in this movie. So we know in the other Christmas movies Netflix does, they, they watch TV and they watch the, How is that? <laughs> Interesting fact. How is that a spoiler? And secondly, 17 of 17 people found that stat interesting. <laughs> the fan base of this, of this uh, film trilogy is, just staggers me. 
I read that too, and I couldn't work out whether it was just like on the TV in the background or whether the they actually are in the movie. I'm pretty sure they're in the movie from what I could read. Oh well, that, um, that's different. Yeah, yeah, I, I apologize. Really I just assumed that I just assumed they were watching it on the movie like they do in all the other movies. Yeah, okay, no, that's no, a little I, bit different. from what I could read. I think they're actually like in the crowd at a wedding or something. Like as like okay. there as representatives. I do apologize. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it, but that's what I gathered. <laughs> I, that would be better. That would be much better than. <laughs> but yeah, like you mentioned, like they like to connect all of them together. So uh, yeah, you know, I'm all for that. Yeah, they talk about the Princess Switch in uh, this one as well. And the only other interesting fact that was on IMDb, did you see, was, you know, there's a scene where they do a baby shower and they use the baby photos of the cast on the wall, which I thought, oh, how sweet. How sweet. Which you'd have to, right? And they would yeah. do that in so many films when you've got old photos of them. And with the with the beauty of Photoshop these days that you can put them together in a photo and things like that. You'd be crazy not to use that. I agree. Yeah. Uh, no translations or any good across the world. Everyone pretty much stuck with uh, the royal baby for this one. But the tagline, did you see the tagline? Oh, I actually saw it, but I can't remember it. I don't, I don't mind this. I think it's, it's not too bad. It's the holiday season. Oh, sorry. This holiday season, expect the unexpected. Yeah, I did say that. And I agree. Yeah, not bad. I think I think it's not a bad yeah, not a bad one considering obviously what happens as well is yeah. a bit of the unexpected happening in the yeah. film. So yeah, I I didn't mind it. Good job, whoever wrote that. Uh, well, <laughs> what, were the, what are the critics and audiences saying about this one? So I just first I want to mention IMDb, and this is this is just so this had six thousand eight hundred ratings on IMDb. The first movie had twenty thousand, which is great for you know as I said like a Hallmark Christmas movie. Second movie had 11,000. So we're seeing that dip already. And they mm. thought, let's just make a third one to see if there's still interest in it. And clearly it's, it's, it's dipping again. So that's, that's why I don't think there's going to be another one. Um, but it's a 5.4 out of 10 on IMDb off, as I said, just under 7,000 ratings. Letterbox is a 2.1 out of 5. And that one's got just over 8,000 ratings. So not great, but I don't, this, this movie isn't being made to get big stars from, from critics and, and movie fans. So. And uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's exactly the same for both critics and audiences. It sits at 36%. Yeah. So 11 reviews from the critics, so Rotten and the audience. There's more than 100, though. So, um, yeah, but obviously sitting on that lower end of the scale, uh, we're, we're probably saying that uh, not many people actually enjoyed this one, but that will lead us <sighs> to our early thoughts. So what are your thoughts on this one? I've probably already given it away in my demeanor in the first five minutes of this podcast, but you have to remember as well, I didn't enjoy the first film when we first did it. It was the first year of Netflix Christmas movies, and this was by far the worst one personally. The second film, you might not remember this, but I remember this. I, I took a bit of a three-month sabbatical from the podcast. Um, I watched this film, and before we recorded it, I was just like, Sorry, I need to take a bit of a break. I had, and it was mainly I was I was busy in my life. I was I had work was busy. I had cricket finals, and I had about to have a baby. But um, I didn't even record this podcast after watching it because it kind of just tipped me over the edge. So I didn't like the second film. So I'm I'm coming into this film um, pretty low. And I look this this it was it was rubbish. And I think my lack of patience for, for some of the things that happened in the film was drowned out by the fact that I've now seen three of them. So I've had to endure, so to speak. I mean, I, I guess I kind of touched this before. How do you make a movie about having a baby? Cause that's what they wanted to do. Like we've got a movie about them falling in love, then having a wedding, then having a baby, but it's not a movie, right? So you kind of need to add a threat 
to what they're doing. And in this case, they kind of want to add a threat to the baby, which isn't even born, but you can't be too sinister because it's a nice fluffy movie. So you make this absurd curse that no one actually believes in the film anyway. Uh, and then you kind of just go through with it and it ends up being a, a real toilet bowl of a film. <laughs> good, uh, good early thoughts. Uh, I, I was the opposite. I enjoyed out of the, the Christmas ones we did at the start. The first one I, I enjoyed with this. Um, so, you know, like the first one, they meet. The second one, they get married. The third one, a baby. This is the worst of the three. <laughs> that's, that's what so um, it did get worse, yeah. I just thought it, it was me. It did get worse, yeah. It definitely got worse. Um, let's talk about some characters. And it's very hard to, like, like we've done two episodes on these films already. So there's not much further to add about any of these characters because we've said it before. But um, I'm listening to what you've got to say. Well, I'm going to be turning the tables on you, Jesse, because this is your trilogy, oh. and and I, I and I go first every week, and I enjoy it, and I revel in the moment. Um, but I, I'd like to, I'd like you to start, and and I'll follow on with what you have. I feel like you've gone. This is there's nothing to say about this movie, so I'm just going to put it out to you, <laughs> so you can have a go. Give, let me do this on a one where they've got some oh, very depth, little. Like, go to me first. <laughs> we've got some depth in some characters, please. Oh God. Um, all right, we'll start with Queen Amber. <laughs> this is a stitch up. Yep. <laughs> You're off next week. <laughs> so, I, yeah, she still sees herself as a journalist. Um, and obviously from the past, we know that she has been deceitful at times. Um, but now she's sort of in that moment where she's happy to, to chill and be the, the queen who represents all that sort of good and she's embraced by all and she's just re- reveling in, in the moment of that sort of stuff. But Realistically, she's still this middle-class chick from New York who wants a normal life for her kid, but they don't show you the disparities as much in this one as they have previously, which probably could have added a bit more to this film in, you know, the, the issues. And I'll probably harp on this a lot in this, that, you know, the, the reason people like these films were generally because of the, and I'm not saying that everyone likes those films, but the, the relationship between her and King mm. Richard and the issues they face as a couple. And in this film, we didn't get any of that at all, really. There's like one conversation where they talk about, you know, what school are we going to send that kid to? And that was it. Like, if mm. you build more of that into the film, you get a lot more um, input from the audience because you're connecting to characters that you know already about and you don't have to worry about some mythical curse. Yeah, and you remove that relatability, right? It's it's mm. it's it, They're actually dealing a lot with king and queen issues, which we don't deal with every single day. We're not running countries, um, albeit how small that country is. But I, I felt similar to probably to what you were saying. She just seemed to be a little bit more ridiculous, I guess less grounded in that sense as well. It, it felt like she was very big and large and a bit silly. Um, and I think that probably coincided with the whole film in general. Yeah. And I think like you can say the same about King Richard. For, for me, for this film, this is the most unrealistic of a character I reckon I've seen in a long time. And, you know, you can deal with that type of character as long as you've got those connections with the other characters and you, you can sort of feel where they're coming from. Whereas this time um, he wasn't given much to work with and it was just like, mm. cool, I'll be the, the sidekick that needs to build the baby's crib or be the klutz or, um, you know, show that I'm posh and I've got a, a nice family. And that was, that was all we got from him in this one. I kind of feel, and I felt this nearly the whole time, Ben Lamb, who plays King Richard, I kind of feel like he's in on the joke. I think he knows, he knows this character 
just sucks and this, these films are really cheesy and he doesn't really want to do it, but he, he does it. And I, I, I get the vibe that he's, and I kind of feel on board with it. I think I like him in that sense because he's sort of in on it, but there's not much he offers in this film. Yeah. Well, King Tai and Queen Ming, they're, they're the two new characters that we haven't met before. The new additions to the series. I was quite excited that this was a good opportunity to have, um, you know, some other leaders to show different ways of leadership and make that comparison and sort of reflect what's going on and, and changes in, in leadership and royalty and things like that. And I really liked King Tai. I thought, you know, he, he was my favourite character in this one, even though we didn't get much. I just felt like he was the most down-to-earth, polite um, bloke in this film. And on the other hand, Queen Ming, like, I feel like they, they really set it up that she's sassy, she's against everything, She's happy with her role, but it was really obvious that you knew that this was going to be the character we were going to see a transition from into a strong female lead because she was going to somehow connect with Amber. And I wish that this had been done better. I wish that we had have got more from the, these two characters and and seen more moments of you know the the counterpart the counterparts working with each other. It's a good point. I mean, King Ty was the most laid back king ever, but similar to what you said about Richard, he was kind of a nothing role in that sense. Like, I agree. I liked him too. Seemed like a good guy, broke the ice a lot of the times, didn't take things too seriously when they didn't need to be taken seriously. But that's that's kind of all we get. And and with Queen Ming, I, I agree with you there as well. They, they tried to make her seem like she was going to get in the way of everything, but they couldn't maintain that for very long because they had to turn it around to make sure that she was ended up being an ally and, and a friend to Amber. So it, it, it's a really, it's not, it's a difficult thing to do sometimes to, to make that switch. Even when you know it's going to happen, they, they need to push you down the rabbit hole far enough to think, Oh, maybe it's not going to happen. But in this case, they kind of turned it really quickly and uh, thought, Oh, well, she's actually not the villain in this film. She's actually yeah, exactly what we thought she's going to be. And they do it really early. Not to say I didn't like the character, but um yeah, it didn't really have much of an impact. Right. That's the same with Simon. Like we, we've known in the past too that they always try to set him up as the dodgy guy. He's, he's, you know, there's something going on. He's a bit of a sleaze. You know, ex-girlfriend's back on the scene. Um, can't sort of hide the feelings. Like really obvious to try and set him up as being bad again. Just like this big bluff for the audience that, that doesn't work and wasn't really needed. Like this is three, three times in a row now where they've tried to set him up as something that just really frustrated me well first time he was like they were right he was doing the wrong thing the second time you can sort of go ah we don't trust this guy so i could see it yeah trying it again but they made it so obvious that this was going to be the the bait and switch like it was so obvious this is the only lead that we had the whole time and we knew it wasn't going to be that and we could talk about how the actual reveal was later on but yeah the whole time you know it's not going to be him and he is he's a He's a weird, sleazy, gross dude with a bad sense of humor, and it's, it's just yeah, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a Simon man. No, and the same with Melissa. Like you know, the best friend of Amber. I just thought you know to draw these strings that she is in love with Simon, but hadn't told her best friend Amber. Um, I just was, I couldn't believe it, and it was just another unbelievable thing that they've added into this one um, because. And then this sort of connects back to what we were saying before, the, the jealousy with, with Simon and Lynn talking. It was just too obvious, which led into that, yeah, that whole three person who's the wrong person sort of thing. So Melissa, it seems they developed this relationship quite strongly over Skype and stuff. Or like they weren't actually together. They just built this romance because they chatted online or like video called. 
Um, secondly, I don't actually even remember Melissa from the other films. I, like when she came in, I was like, ah, I have to assume that you're in them and yeah. uh, and you, you're Amber's friend. But I actually honestly don't even remember her. So um, she seemed nice, so. <laughs> but I, I similarly didn't believe the relationship. I think I've stretched it. I got nothing else. <laughs> There's no point oh, nah. about anyone else. Like, okay, good. Uh, you covered two <laughs> characters that I hadn't written down. So, <laughs> um, John Schultz, director. I've only got the same stuff to say as we've said before. Anything else? <laughs> he did the second film. He didn't do the first. He did the second. True. Um, so, Aliens in the Attic, uh, like Mike. Yeah. Drive me crazy. Melissa Joan Hart. I think I, last time I said, you know, my memories of that is that Britney Spears video clip. Oh, that's yeah. it that's it but it's that's not a I'm bad like. not a bad suite of films like he's he's not a nobody director yeah it's uh very true so i wonder what's gonna come up on his agenda next i'm very interested mm. to keep an eye on that yeah, okay true. this this is uh your time to shine this is this is where you're gonna tell me what are some things that you actually or some scenes you enjoyed in this one i was very generous i made sure i had stuff good uh, and you'll see there's the same character that comes up in both both of my things that i liked and you'll see why I'm dirty on the film uh, by the end of it. Because one thing I really did like is when they were playing that uh, card game or whatever that Christmas game was that they were playing to kill time. And Mr. Little comes in and he asks, when it's just Emily in the room, he says, who was Eldovia's greatest king and father? I thought that was a very nice touch just to bring it all back to family and Christmas and you know, not forget who her dad was. I thought that was beautiful. And the other thing that I liked was when, Mr. Little again told that story about the ghost and, and the chilling breeze in the dungeon one Christmas Eve. I wanted that film to be more of that. I've, I'm like, maybe they're going to go down a bit of a creepy path here about a haunting. And I was all in for that, but it wasn't the case. But anyway, I gave it, I gave it a tick. They were the two things that I liked in this film. God, this is, uh, I'm looking forward to the things you didn't like. Um, <laughs> I, I liked the moment of, uh, Ty and Richard sort of bonding over making that crib together. I didn't mind that. I thought that was a nice little little moment. Two dads talking about, you know, their their issues being royalty and and having to to try and work out what they can do to help uh, their their wives in in you know gaining more leadership roles and and doing things for for the, the crown. So that was good. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed all the re- the little tiny references to the previous films, like out in the courtyard of the castle. Um, you know, out in the forest when Richard's on the horse, he's like, oh, not that way again sort of thing and the archery and <laughs> just all those little things that just reminded me of the, of the first one. So I like that. Um, and last one, I liked Ming at the end, giving that necklace to Amber. I just thought that was a nice moment. So they're my things that I liked. Not good. You were clutching as much as I was. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the next part, I think, is going to take a while. Tell us uh, some things you didn't like. I'm genuinely coming off the long run here. Normally, if I don't like a film, I just give up in writing the scenes I don't like. I could have I could have picked something in every single scene to mention here. That's how ridiculous this movie was. But I'm going to start off. We're 75 seconds into this film, <laughs> and <laughs> Amber's doing a recap of their life, and they talk about how they had their honeymoon on the beach, <laughs> and it looked like they were standing in front of a Microsoft screensaver. <laughs> and I say, say yes no, there's no. I think I've got a huge list too, so I'm just going to take, yep, got that one. (laughs) Um, I thought it was ridiculous that the book for building the crib was bigger than the Bible. Like, it just wasn't even a funny joke. (laughs) It's just not that many steps. Like, um, it is is, a bit more cerebral um, effort into into making this 
thing that I didn't like, but they stopped this war they talk about in the year 1419 and they signed an ally treaty because they were feeling a bit of festive uh, a bit of festive spirit at Christmas time. That was the reason, yeah? They were having this massive war. These countries hated each other. But then like, hey, it's Christmas. Let's, let's just be allies for the next 100 years. And then that was it. That was the reason? Yeah. Great. Okay, <laughs> okay cool. Just, I, I, wish, I wish more wars ended that way. I mean, that's all I'm going to say. Um, I thought it was hilarious when uh, Simon was referenced twice as a bad boy. <laughs> Just, there's probably other ways that you can talk about him. And now the fun starts the case. This is when I got kind of mad, but funny mad. When they bring up, there's a curse on the unborn child. <laughs> and, and I was enjoying Richard, Richard brushing this aside. You know, this rubbish of sorcery. And I'm like, oh, good. Like, he's reacting the way you should react. But when Amber got hysterical about it, I lost it. <laughs> Just like no, you can't. This is not the major plot point that we're going to be, we're going to be relying on. Um, and it had to be the first one too. Like that was just. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a line not long after when Melissa comes in, and Amber says very seriously, "Our baby's future depends on it." And then she goes in to brief Melissa on the curve. I just, I can't do this. I just, this is not, this is not the crux of your film. Um, <laughs> it annoyed me that. She didn't look like she was 37 weeks uh, pregnant. Um, yeah, good. I've got that too. I go, Amber looks about three months pregnant when she's meant to pop in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, when they call the doctor and the doctor says, oh, no, she's not going into labor because she's not due until January. That's two and a half weeks away. For a doctor not to know that you can have a baby two and a half weeks early and just bright, oh, no, you guys are actually incorrect. If you if you check, it's January 11 that she's... No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> doctor... <laughs> I mean, these are things that are so avoidable. Um, when she went into labor, it was honestly like I was watching The Bold and the Beautiful, just the way it all happened. And there's 17 people in the room, sort of jaws drop and things like that. Um, I thought it was absurd when they send the girl who can't walk down to the dungeon in the dark when it's like windy and cold and she can't move very well. Um, come on, like make you, there's so many people there that can do it. Similarly, I thought it was ridiculous that the father who's about to have a baby is the one who's got to go retrieve the doctor when, again, there's able bodies all over over the castle that can do it. Um, Didn't make any sense there. When they're in the dungeon, uh, Emily is the one that uses the crutch to get the key. So Emily's not very sturdy on her legs. Like, mum can use the crutch and probably reach it better. Without her falling, then we wouldn't have got the uh, the reveal of the... (laughs) in the scroll <laughs> it is it is true but it's bad parenting as well to, to subject your daughter to that in the first place but, but it's all for a waste um, of time anyway because she just uses a hairpin to i thought that was ridiculous as well. <laughs> that's true really it did it really well too never yes. in a doubt it just clicked like a key um i thought it was a very open situation for her giving birth everyone was just in the room next to her with the door wide open and having general conversation and i think they're probably even having cheese and bickies and wine and things like that and now i'm nearly <laughs> done but the whole reveal where they did kind of uh like a sherlock holmes reveal with everyone in the room to say who was the you know, guy who stole the scroll i thought it was pure insanity the fact that it happened uh, as soon as it happened, Simon proposed to Melissa while Amber's <laughs> having a baby and this, Mr. Little's going to jail. And I've got big issues with the fact that they just like dumped it on Mr. Little. 
Who's been a great <laughs> character for the first two movies, a wonderful friend of the family. They're like, ah, oh, crap. We've set this whole thing up to think that it's not these bad people. We don't know who to make it. Oh, we don't know this guy's backstory. We'll just dump him in jail. I thought that was awful. Um, so I had big issues with that. Um, and the last thing I want to mention, this always going to be the worst thing. It was when they're signing the treaty. She basically just wrote Amber in capital letters as her signature. <laughs> They they weren't even trying. Honestly, they weren't even trying. So there you go. That's the things Good. that I didn't like in this film. Good. Um, yeah, a lot of the stuff is the same, but I've got a couple of extra things to add in. So agreed with the honeymoon, fake beach. I'll race through these. The snowstorm. It's just like quick snowstorm. Something bad's gonna happen. I thought that was done so poorly. It really frustrated me. <laughs> um and then when they're together for the first time, it's like this big, huge performance, this ceremony for about 10 people ready to sign a treaty, which leads mm. to an empty box. And we literally got this zoom in on everyone's face being so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> and the designers were in there, of course. There's only special people, but the, the, the wedding, the, the baby shower planners and the designers were there, which is good. The whole idea of the curse. I mean, there was a scene where Amber's having a nightmare and wakes up in bed dreaming about the curse. That was hilarious, like absolutely hilarious. <laughs> the baby yoga slash meditation classes, <laughs> that made me laugh. Oh, oh, yeah. The idea that sniffer dogs can track down a piece of paper, I thought that was um, very interesting as well. <laughs> uh, we, oh, mentioned the doc- we, we mentioned the doctor, um, you know, racing to get there, crashes, no airbags, just crashes a car, she's fine. Just the door, she can open the door. What does she get out of the car? She could have, she could have left. Yeah. Um, Ming, you know, the uh, Amber's in labor. Oh yeah, I used to volunteer in a maternity ward. Oh, what a convenience! How good was that? <laughs> that was great. Um, and then when Richard gets to the doctor in the car, and he goes, um, you know, you know how to ride a horse, don't you? And she goes, I do indeed. What an amazing <laughs> Similarly, he, he was writing it. She just jumped on the back. I could have done that. Um, yeah, the, that Mr. Little being the villain really annoyed me because, like you mentioned, I can't touch on it as well as you did, but it, it was great throughout. And just to throw him under the bus mm-hmm. at the end, that really annoyed me. And then the proposal from Simon was ridiculous. Same as what you said, the labor. That's the quickest, easiest, most simple thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm. And finally, the final shot presenting the baby to the town and the press and people like that. And then it was like they couldn't afford a proper um, crane and the camera sort of like zooms out. It was like shaking everywhere and going backwards for that <laughs> final shot of everyone. <laughs> well done. Great way. Great way to finish up. Okay. What's it saying? What are some ideas in this one? Uh, the ideas are about, there's a lot about equal rights and, and, and feminine empower, feministic empowerment, which is great very explicit but it's still nice to be touched on very relevant in, in 2022 specifically even though it's 2019 sorry um these films always do cover a lot about tradition and the importance of traditions but how traditions can uh continue to to mold and change and shape with with new ideas and then there's the idea of trust and who you can trust and Maybe you should be trusting people that you didn't think you could trust. Maybe you can't really trust the people you thought you could trust. Anyway, there's a lot of deceit in this film. So uh, they're the big they're the big three for me. Good, yeah. I'm pretty much the same, I think. Um, the idea of, you know, modernity to do like um, independent 
women, signing important documents, like you mentioned, the media and the press. Like every time we see them in these films, they're only interested in the gossip. They don't care about the, the important things. <laughs> history, history is important. Like you said, a bit of, um, you know, culture and what's going on. So I think uh, there's like a line, history isn't made by those who follow the rules. So, you know, you've got to be groundbreaking. You've got to, got to break that mold. And um, the greatest adventure is having kids, isn't it? Just that whole journey of having kids that we barely saw anything about because we're too busy. I was going to say that, didn't I? Yeah, they didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you take away from this one? I, this film just leans so far into that cheesy Christmas movie formula that, that I can't, like, for the life of me, take seriously. And I normally have a pretty high threshold for this type of stuff because I love Christmas movies. And if they're a bit cheesy and they want to lean into the magic of Christmas, I'm all for that. But this film just goes to another level that I can't stomach. I mean, let's go back, like a positive thing. I really enjoyed seeing the castle back together again, just seeing those familiar faces. I thought that was good. In saying that, Rudy, Amber's dad, He's got, mm. he's got the easiest paycheck, the best paycheck in the world in the last couple of films. <laughs> Literally get a trip to Romania and probably do half a day's worth of work. Well, good on him. He got replaced, um, though. The, the guy in the first movie is first different to the guy replaced, in the second yeah. movie. So he just did the second and the third, second which were third, pretty yeah. easy gigs. Very easy gigs. Um, and then Princess Emily. She sort of got thrown to the side in this one, which is a bit disappointing. I mean, she got to play a board game and got to be pushed around on a sled on ice. That was about yeah. it, which I thought was a bit... Um, Bit sad because she was a she got pretty a kiss, important though. character. She did, yeah, she did. But she was pretty important to yeah to understanding what was going on in the first film, anyway. So um, I agree. Yeah, it's a good call. Do you go on to IMDb to look anyone up? You know, I did initially to see Rose McIver because I didn't recognise her when it started. I was like, oh, they've replaced they've replaced Amber. <laughs> I did think it was her, and I'm like, oh no, same same girl. <laughs> there you go. But I did. I had to check like straight away. <laughs> Because she was dialing it up, man. She was so ridiculous. I'm like, this is a different person. (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, I didn't go on. Did you have any questions that you wanted to ask? I do. Would you have liked to see a version of this movie where it was all caused by a 200-year-old ghost who haunts the dungeon? (laughs) Yes, that would have been great, but it's a completely different movie. But if you could have made it like Ghost oh, of Christmas Pass, good, you could have you could have incorporated the idea of Ghost of Christmas oh, Pass. Oh, we're onto something. Here. I just wanted it to be scary and ravage <laughs> them a little bit. That would have been fun. It could come good in the end, but this this film needed a bit of kick, I think. And I thought we were going there, but we didn't. Um, any others? No, that's all. Um, all right, I'm just taking a couple of quotes. The royal baby focuses on a hunt for a 600 year old treaty rather than hunting for any entertaining personalities. Do you agree? Yes. <laughs> I thought you would. Um, next one. This is the dullest movie about an ancient curse that's ever existed. True or false? That's very, very true, because you just don't believe any aspect of the curse and you pity the people that do. Good. I agree as well. Uh, man. All right. I think we're ready to. Uh, oh, that was cool. Yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's um, come up with an average out of five. What are your final thoughts? I have to say, when I when I come to my rating, the movies in this podcast that I've given half a star to oh, no. have been so bad that they've almost offended me in a way. A Brahman Naman paradox and Pee Wee's Big Holiday. I'm like three movies out of the nearly 200 that we've done. Uh, I've given zero point five stars to. So with that in mind, 
I'm comfortable with this one, knowing that it knows its place as a cheesy Christmas movie, really, really cheesy, even if it does lean too far into it and I thought it was ridiculous, I'm still going to give it one star. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. That's generous of you. Um, it is I, generous. Yeah. Like I said, it was good to see the familiar faces. Um, but instead of focusing on those new interesting characters like Ming and Ty, or the actual issues faced by awaiting parents in the lead up to a birth, that could have been interesting. Um, mm. We're given like a whodunit mystery that makes no sense and destroys all the good memories out of the first two films. So, oh, no. One and a half. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's, ripped, it's ripped it apart for you, has it? Yeah, made me very sad. So I uh, guess it's a 1.25, pretty low, very low. For, that's probably one of our lower Christmas ones. Uh, we usually, we're usually pretty generous, but yeah, sorry. It's guys. a stinking it's movie, man. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> we're on socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, question, what could a fourth film be about? If you could oh. make a fourth film. Oh, it's got to be the, the Revenge of Mr. Little. Ooh. I like that. He breaks out of jail and they just can't find him, but stuff keeps happening around the castle. And then he can like have a nice uh, reveal at the end that he's the Christmas spirit that's brought them all back together or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought maybe... Like, and they drop could, all the charges. I thought a good one could be them bringing up a child with different values, that different lifestyles. That'd be interesting. That's good. Or, Whilst or, Mr. Little breaks out of jail. Or ditch this cast and let's get a film... Following Ming and Ty and their family, what's Christmas look like to them? That's true. That's true. They've just got to lean, come a little bit out, a little bit out from the cheesiness. Like I get it, but I think if you look at the numbers, that you're losing your audience as well. They've had enough of it, so do something different. Or we don't have a fourth film. True. Or all of our ideas here were probably better than the third one anyway. So um, listen to us. Well, we know they were. Good. Well, we're back next week. Spoiler alert, we have released this one previously, so it's a, it's a repost from a while ago. We, we did this when it sort of, we did a poll, I think, didn't we? For audiences to decide. We did, yeah, that was, was the, uh, the bracket. We did a bracket, bracket. over yeah. lockdown. So um, Marriage Story is next week from 2019. It's a drama directed by Noah Baumbach and stars Scarlett Johansson, Adam Driver, Alan Alda, Ray Liotta, Julie Haggerty, and Merritt Weaver. So, um, Kind of remember what we said about it, but I'm looking forward to re-listening. So if you guys uh, want to check out Marriage Story, that will be in the feeds next week. So well. Other than that, as always, been a pleasure. Um, I've had, we always have fun when we don't like movies. I'm glad. I like. I had a ball. I had a ball going through all the things I didn't like. It was. I, I was like. I was watching this film, and at the end of it, my wife was like, "Oh, how was it?" I was like, oh, "I was rubbish." She's like, "I heard you laughing quite a bit." <laughs> I was like, I was laughing at the movie. Like, that's how bad it was. <laughs> it's not from comedy, you say. <laughs> okay. Good. Well, um, I'll speak to you soon and um, we'll speak then. I'll see you next time.